Good morning. Today, I am continuing my series on the kingdom of heaven. I wanted to do this because I had kept seeing all my life, you know, how many times Jesus used the kingdom of heaven. And so I kind of approached that like people these days, some people approach grace in that I thought it was something to be studied. It was a theology. Well, the kingdom of heaven, I have found, is way more than a theology. Just like grace is way more. You know, Jesus came he, with grace and truth, right? The same thing. When we're in Christ Jesus, we're in the kingdom of heaven. Da-da! <laughs> anyway, so everything that's ever been preached here, 10 years, I mean, we're in the kingdom of heaven. Today, I am labeling it the seed sowers of the word. And after I got done last time, I just felt like where we needed to go was to read about the sower. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I have this tendency once in a while, it's like, really? <laughs> I'm going to go back and study this again? <laughs> Nobody ever has that, right? <laughs> I remember years ago, oh my gosh, it seemed like forever I would get this scripture. When you've done all to stand, stand therefore. And it was like, really, God? I really, it's like he was trying to encourage me. But sometimes we have this attitude, <laughs> I maybe, not that I know everything, but it's like, I am going here again? Okay, I'm going here again. <laughs> and you know what? If it was the only parable that we ever had was the parable of the sower, God would give us something new every day because as he's giving us the word, we can hear, but Father, help us to receive it. And that's where, oh, we want to receive, but we Really? We can only receive so much. So when we go through and read something again, wow, there's more understanding. There's more revelation. God has something good for us. If we're sowing seeds of the word, we're going to be speaking it. So my first question was, well, what does God say? <laughs> what was the first thing God said? The first thing God says was in Genesis chapter 1, verses 3 through 4, that says, God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good. He said, he saw. We are made in the image of God. So we can be speaking. We can see. Just like him. And then I wanted to know, well, what does it say in the New Testament? In Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, if you, if we, Every one of us, if we declare with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. For it is with our heart that we believe and we are justified. And it is with our mouth that we profess our faith and we are saved. Later, I'll be giving you some scriptures. It's important what we believe because that influences what we speak and what we're going to receive back. Good foundations. we got to have our foundations. It's important what we're speaking, what we're believing. It is important what we are believing because that will help us 
live in righteousness, and live loving God and not being afraid. Jesus came to fulfill the law so we can walk by grace through faith. That led me to John 1, 1 through 5. It's talking about the Word and the Word becoming flesh. And it says, verses 1 through 5, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. And in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So we're sowing word, we're sowing seed. As I read through Mark, you can find these in the other books, but I chose Mark. I found that Jesus made many points about the word. And so the first one that I want to share with you today is Mark 4, 9 through 12. Jesus says, have we ever heard this before? Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. (laughs) Sometimes it seems like I hear that all the time, you know. We can hear. We can hear what Jesus is saying. We have ears to hear. We have God. We have Jesus. We have the Spirit. We can hear. We have the Spirit of the living God living on the inside of us, going on. When Jesus was alone, the twelve, as in disciples, and the others around him asked him about the parables. And in the Passion, it says that they said, why do you always speak to people in these hard-to-understand parables, Jesus? <laughs> I loved I sat down last night to read this in the Passion. It's like, oh, I wish I would have done the whole thing in the Passion. I don't, the Passion just speaks to me. You know, why? Why, Jesus? These hard-to-understand parables. Well, they're not all that hard to understand. And Jesus told him, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. The secret, the mystery of the kingdom of God has been given to each one of us. And in the Passion it says, You have been given the intimate experience of insight into hidden truths and mysteries of the realm of heaven's kingdom. Amen? And then he goes on to say, this is the NIV that I am using, But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. He's got his secrets that he's sharing with us. And the other ones that don't want to hear it, they're in another situation. And as we listen to God, as we read we listen with open hearts, we can receive progressively more and more revelation. We are blessed to be in the kingdom. We are blessed with the secrets of the kingdom of God that has been given to us. We can hear, we can understand what God is telling us. So that was point one. Point two that I found was in Mark 4, still in the same chapter, It was verses 33 through 35, and it says, With many such parables, Jesus, he, used to tell them the word, 
as much as they were able to hear. But without a parable, he did not speak to them. And when they were alone, he explained all things to his disciples. He will make us to understand. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I've been so frustrated. <laughs> you know, I read and I don't understand. You know, what I've been taught, put it on the shelf, <laughs> go on. God will, you know, he'll come back around. He will bring it back to us. He will make himself clear to us. I love this. He used parables to tell them the word as much as they were able to hear. He understands us. He understands our flesh heads, maybe. <laughs> We've heard that term, right? Our flesh head. You know, but the Holy Spirit can get the word of God, the truth, to us. Lord, open our hearts to hear, right? And then there was this point in Mark 4, 22 through 25. It says, for whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out in the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. And then it says, consider carefully what you hear, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. The key is, we have hearts to receive. Now, I love this. Whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed to us and to be brought out into the open. Well, how is it disclosed? How is it brought out in the open to us? This made me think about, because I kept hearing this throughout this last week, about discernment. That was point three, but I'm going to take a little side path over in discernment this morning. Discernment. 1 Corinthians 12. This is 7 through 10, and I did it in the New King James Version. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, faith, gifts of healings, the working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, and there were a few others. I didn't identify them all, but I got to that. Discerning of spirits. What does that mean? We have the ability to discern. In 1 Corinthians 6, 3, it says, Know not that we are to judge the angels. How much more we judge things pertaining to life. And the reason that I'm giving you that is because when I looked up discernment, it meant judicial estimation. And there was a certain number of that in the Strong's, but it rooted down to a word called diacrino. And it had two more words. And what that came down to was the ability to separate thoroughly, to withdraw from, to oppose, to discriminate, or decide, or to hesitate. Now, when we are discerning something, you know, we're trying to tell, we're making a judgment. What is truth and what is not? And the Holy Spirit will show us. He'll make that clear to us. Or at least that's what I felt like. And I have a couple of scriptures that talk about discernment. And there's another one in 1 Corinthians, and this is in chapter 2, verses 13 through 15. And this is in the NIV again. This is what we speak 
not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things. God gives us the Spirit of discernment to help us to judge what is of Him and what is not. Also, in Hebrews 5, it talks about the mature. Because of practice, they have their senses trained to discern good and evil. But then in Philippians 1, Paul prays for the Philippians, verses 9 through 11. And this is his prayer for us, too. He says, this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that we may be able to discern what is best. Discernment comes only by the Spirit. Paul prays that our love abound, that we may be able to discern what is best and blameless, and nothing in all creation is hidden from us. So my point is here, we have the ability to discern things, whether it be spiritual words or whether it be things that affect us in our everyday life. We have a spirit of discernment. My fourth point is out of Mark also, and it's verses 25 through 29. And Jesus said, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground, night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up. The seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how, all by itself. The soil produces grain all by itself. It doesn't take us working <laughs> to produce any kind of fruit. All by itself, the soil produces the grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. Wow, what a statement. This is what the kingdom of God is like. We scatter seed, and all by itself, soil produces grain. When we're speaking our words, it's going out, and God is making it come back to us. What seed we are sowing, scattering, sprouting, it's sprouting and growing. And that made me think of Isaiah 55. Verse 8 through 11. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth, and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Hallelujah! That's ours! It's the kingdom of heaven. I know it's in Isaiah, but it's ours. By the power of the Holy Spirit, God can cause our words to do the same, what we speak, that we're sowing our words 
into good soil. Reviewing, these were the four points that I found in Mark 4. The secret or the mystery of the kingdom of God has been given to us. And with many parables, Jesus told parables to explain the new covenant. And that is as much as we can understand. And whatever is hidden or concealed is meant to be disclosed. It's meant to be brought out to the open. It's for us. It's his love gifts to us. And then all by itself, the soil produces grain or fruit or the word will accomplish the purpose for what is desired. With that, then, I would like to read what the parable of the sower says. And this is Mark 4, verses 2 through 8. Jesus taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching he said, Listen! Now, I have this in the NIV, but in the New King James, I love what it says. It says, listen, behold. In other words, hear and see. This is the beginning of his parable. (laughs) Hear me, see. A farmer went out to sow his seed, and when I looked up that word sow, it meant to scatter, but also it meant to receive. In Corinthians, it says that he gives seed to the sower. So he's going to give us seed that we can scatter. So the farmer went out to scatter. He went out maybe to receive. (laughs) And then going on in the parable, as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. I just thought, well, I'm going to look up path. (laughs) I think I know. Hmm. It said progress or journey. So as we're out scattering seed in our journey of life, there might be some that the birds will come and try to eat up. Or in our progress, our journey or our progress, some seed fell along the path. And then he said some fell on the rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Kind of hard to take root in gravel, right? There's no soil there. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. And still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, it grew, it produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Remember, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to us to understand exactly what he's trying to tell us, because there are things hidden in here. As I was thinking about this too, I also thought, you know, seeds all have names. Tomato, (laughs) peppers, jalapenos, (laughs) right? Wheat, oats, John Doe. (laughs) They're seeds. We all have names. And I'm going on as far as where Jesus starts to tell them what this parable means. But first, he says in verse 13, he says, Don't you understand this parable? How then can you understand any parable? 
I don't know about you guys, but if I'm reading that, it means like this is one of the most important parables there ever is. If we, you know, and it's like that's why we can continue to read it <laughs> and get something out of it because it's important. Must be very important. In his mercy, he proceeds to open up to us what he has been saying in this parable. Starting at verse 14 of Mark 4. It says, The farmer sows the word, the truth, God's word. He goes on to say, Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. For as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. They hear it, but he tries to come and take it away. So hence, meditate. <laughs> the importance we've heard to meditate, to think on what we've heard. In our day and time, it is so wonderful because we have everything online. You can hear Pastor Mark, you can hear Pastor Valerie. If you have one that you love, you can hear it over and over because every time we hear it, it gets more established in us. Meditate. And then he goes on to say, others, like seeds sown on rocky places, they hear the word too. They're hearing the word. And at once they receive it with joy, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. People get offended over the word very easily. And to walk in forgiveness, people have hard times with that, or they want to hold on to their anger, or whatever. Whatever trouble, it comes because of the word, they fall away. To me, what God is saying, watch yourself. Watch yourself that you don't let these things, you know, be attentive to my word because he will help us through those times. He will cause us to be rooted and grounded in his word. And then Jesus continues, still others, like seeds sown among the thorns, they hear the word. But what are the thorns? It says the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. So in other words, we have to be careful in the things of the world. Yes, we're in the world, but it says we're not of the world. So help us, Lord, with those kinds of things. We can worry all day, but it doesn't help. <laughs> if we'll change our mindset and press on the word and press for the word, the word has power. Using our same energy, we can receive. We receive soil back. And then he said, others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word. They accept it and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some a hundred times what was sown. We want to be established in the word of God so that no trickery of the devil will be able to steal the word of God from us or deceive us. And whenever trouble or persecution tries to come against us because of the word, our roots go deep to sustain us. We will not allow the worries and the cares of the world or any deceitfulness of wealth or desires for other things choke out to the point of producing no fruit in us. We stay with Jesus. This made me think of Hebrews 2, 
verses 1 through 4. And this I have in the message. It is crucial that we keep a firm grip on what we have heard so that we don't drift off. If the old message delivered by the angels was valid and nobody got away with anything, do you think we can risk neglecting this latest message, this magnificent salvation? Keep our ears tuned because he's trying to save us. We're saved initially, but he's saving us every each and every day as we listen to him. He's delivering all the junk out of us. And then it goes on to say, first of all, it was delivered in person by the master, then accurately passed on to us by those who heard it from him. And all the while, God was validating it with gifts through the Holy Spirit, all sorts of signs and miracles as he saw fit. He's going to continue validating himself to us through all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So now I'm just going to give you a few scriptures about the Word of God, about believing, about speaking. The first one is Hebrews 4, and this is verse 12 and 13. And this one says, For the Word of God is active, it's alive, but the Word is sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It the Word of God judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. For nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. We got it again. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. But the thing is, we must give account, but we are in Christ Jesus. Okay, so that's not a fearful thing. No worries. No worries. In John 16, I did this in the New King James. This is verses 13 through 15. And when he, the spirit of truth, has come to you and me, he will guide us into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell us, things to come. He will glorify me, and he will take of what is mine, and what? Declare it to us. All things that the Father has are mine and yours. Therefore, I said that he will take, he said it again, therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to us. We can hear what God is telling us. I guess I'm telling you this because we've just come through October and I, the darkness in the world is so overwhelming. And just in case the devil's trying to tell you something bad, we can hear, we, can hear, we have the power of the Holy Spirit that is way superior to anything the enemy in the world is trying to get us to believe. I also want to share with you Romans 4, 17 and 18, it says the promise was guaranteed to Abraham, to Abraham's seed. It says, in the presence of him whom he believed, even God who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. We can do the same thing. 
And that's the hard part some days. <laughs> it looks horrendous. But God, your word says, this is what I know, I have it. I know I have it, but sometimes the devil's telling you all kinds of other things. No, I prayed this. God, this is your word. You declared this to me. We can call into being that which does not exist. He believed God, even God who gives life to the dead. This is Abraham. In hope against hope, Abraham believed so that he might become a father of many nations according to that which had been spoken, so shall your descendants be, Abraham. Well, doesn't this give you and me hope? <laughs> we can speak just like God our Father. Going on, here's another one with believing and speaking. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 13 and 14. It is important what we believe. It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe, and therefore we speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. Faith is speaking what we believe. We speak by faith. Okay, here's another one. In Mark 11, 23 and 24, I have this in the NIV. Jesus says, truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, first of all, it says to the mountain. So many times we're trying to talk to God about the mountain, <laughs> right? It says, if anyone says to the mountain, and we have mountains, the enemy really makes them look that way, <laughs> But it says, we speak to the mountain, go, throw yourself into sea, and does not doubt in his heart. Depression tries to come against us. It tries to look like a mountain. But Jesus has already defeated depression, whatever the root reason is. We can say to depression, we can say to the mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea. You have no place in me, <laughs> right? And does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. It's done. It was done on the cross, but when we pray, whatever we pray, it was done right then. Not only is speaking the word important and vital, the most crucial is what we are thinking and believing. For when we believe right, we will live life accordingly, out of love for our Father. Here's another one about believing. In Mark 1, 14 and 15, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. He says, the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. And then he says, repent and believe the good news. Now, I just have to put in there, repent, because so many people think repent is grovel. <laughs> you know, I did wrong, and for three days, oh, I'm repenting. No, it says change your mind. All we need to do is change our mind. Go a different way. 
It doesn't have anything to do with whether we grovel or not. I made a decision. I want to believe the good news. Believe in Jesus. That's what he was saying. The kingdom of God. He is the kingdom of God. The time has come. Jesus was on his way to Jairus' house to pray for his daughter. Oh, but what happened? People from the house came and said, uh, Hey, hey, Jairus, really, your daughter's dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? In the NIV, it says, Overhearing what they said, Jesus told Jairus, Don't be afraid, just believe. This was death. Talk about darkness. I came to Jesus, and now you're telling me she's dead? But Jesus said, no, 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 don't be afraid. No fear. Believe. So many times we have to keep believing no matter what has been already decreed. I remember years ago hearing a a lady talk about she'd prayed for her daddy He had some kind of an ailment. They had to do some kind of a procedure, and two weeks later, because she kept standing and believing, Lord, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Two weeks later, the doctors came in and said, we can't figure out what has gone on here, but your daddy doesn't need that. We're taking it out. Her daddy was healed. So it doesn't matter if a court has decreed it this day or, or whatever, whatever it is, We keep believing, we keep pushing, no matter how dark. My mama has long gone to be with the Lord, but we had eight more years after she had a stroke. But when she had the stroke, they said she'll never, she'll never regain, she'll always be bedridden. I don't accept that, I don't receive that. My mama got back up and she walked, she remembered, she remembered everything. The only thing she couldn't do, they wouldn't let her drive because she walked with a cane. And, uh, you know, she didn't go upstairs very many times, but she did go upstairs. But there was nothing wrong with my mama. <laughs> you know, we keep believing. I had wonderful prayer partners that believed with me for that. God is good. We don't have to believe the bad reports. Also, I just want to tell you this. In John 1, 12, it says, To all who did receive Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Believe. When we believe in the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, he has provided everything for us. So, with that all being said, what are our confessions of faith? I hear you, Lord. I hear your word. I speak out your word. I believe your word, Lord, and I receive everything that you have for me. And so with that, I'm going to have you stand up, and we're going to have a little audience participation. How about we sow some seeds this morning? So I'm going to say them with you. Here we go. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am accepted in the beloved Jesus. What great love the Father has lavished on me to be called a child of God. I am made in the image of Jesus. I am made perfect and holy. I rule and reign in life through Christ Jesus and he supplies me with abundant grace 
and his gift of righteousness. I am a son of God. I am led by the Spirit of God, and I live in the favor of God. I am moved by the Spirit of the living God. My good shepherd leads and directs me. I have knowledge and understanding, a spirit of wisdom and revelation. I am fully persuaded. I walk by faith that by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. And God supplies all my needs, and therefore I do not worry or fear about anything. There is now no condemnation for me, no shame. I am blameless in Christ Jesus. I have the peace of God that passes all understanding. The same spirit of life in Christ Jesus quickens my mortal body with resurrection power. For he who began a good work in me will complete it. Amen. 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 I love you all. That's all I have. This is Mark Testerman, Senior Pastor of Triumphant Grace Ministries. I want to say thank you for listening to the finished work gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray that the good news found throughout the message has richly encouraged you in the love of the Father. Friends, this podcast is supported by the generous financial support of its listeners. And if today's message has ministered to you, then would you consider a gift that ministers back to us? You can text the word GIVE G-I-V-E to 833-632-1315 where you can visit triumphantgrace.com and donate through PayPal or credit card. The cornerstone scripture for Triumphant Grace Ministries is found in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 14. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Great grace, such grace, triumphant grace to you. God bless you.